Blog Talk Radio. on CLNS Radio. Um, Before I say hello to Calvin, I will let everybody know that Tick IQ is back, baby. This guy I play softball with is going to buy some tickets off of Tick IQ because he heard about it from my girlfriend, but I'm going to tell you all about it right now because our friends over at Tick IQ, that's T-I-Q-I-Q, just released a fantastic rewards-based mobile ticket-buying app. Not just the website that we told you to go to before. They already have the cheapest tickets for all Boston sports, and now with their mobile app, you can save up to 10% more on tickets to any live event. You set the price alerts to be notified when tickets are in your price range, and you can see the top deals for games at the Garden, Gillette, if you're a Pats fan, anywhere on the road, because they aggregate all ticket sellers onto one platform. They find all the tickets on all the different websites and they bring it to their website and they show you the most competitive prices. So go to the Apple app store and get the tick IQ app and start saving today. That's T I Q I Q and use that promo code Boston for 10% off your first purchase. All right, get some cheap tickets. And while you're at it, download the CLNS radio mobile app and then get on your phone and call us right now. At 323-642-1484. Now, I will say hello to Calvin Chamberlain. Hello, sir. What a tease. Hello. You finally get to say hello to me. There he is. There he is. We're, we're over almost three minutes into the show, and Calvin finally says something, because I say, I let him. You no. finally have allowed me to speak. Yes, I'm like, that's counting right. myself girlfriend. <clears throat> I should let you speak more, because... I, I should just shut up at this point. It's this throat. Is, no, man, uh, I like hearing your voice. Can you so tell? You, you're good at talking. You're good at live reads. No, I can't tell at all. You just you sound natural. You sound completely natural. Beautiful. But for, well, then maybe for, I'm lying to the people. Then maybe I'm just trying to get some some pity or, or something. You know, feel bad for me. You're making an excuse for what may be a short show. That's right. This may be a short show, but it is action packed and. We are so random tonight. You folks are going to be thinking we're back in 2011. So long ago. Um, We start with a somewhat sad story. Actually, I will will defer to a friend of mine and a man who's in my fantasy basketball league. Uh, 
for the description of this story, Calvin, because he uh, he brought it to everyone's attention because there's a there's an article on Yahoo uh, at right now that uh, is referring or is telling all about what's going on with former NBA player and uh, estranged Kardashian, uh, former Laker Lamar Odom, and my friend Christian says this entire story is insane, hilarious, and a little bit sad. So I don't know which side of it you're going to lean on here, but we're starting off the show really random, talking about Lamar Odom. Oh, is that what I said first? I thought I said Patriots Pope. Okay, Lamar Odom it is. Uh, oh, crap. You're right. You yeah, did say that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I screwed it up, so let's, let's go with Odom. Yeah, you, yeah, let's go with stick with Odom here. Okay, so I would be curious to know um, what part of it is hilarious other than Maybe maybe the whole bunny ranch situation, but I feel like maybe it's cocaine that makes it funny. Uh, I think it's probably the herbal Viagra that is what he's thinking is, is oh, funny. Yeah. I'm not oh, yeah. sure. He didn't he didn't really uh, he didn't really clarify. Nobody called him on it or anything yet. So now maybe I'm calling him on it now. But that was just what how he 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 sent the link out, and that was just how he he uh, address or presented it, if you will. Before I say anything that may be construed as controversial, as I, I've been known to do from time to time on the show, um, I'd like to preface any other statement I make by saying, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It was a tragic situation. I mean, I I feel comfortable now and already seeing past tense. But you know what? You don't even. I don't even have to qualify this this right because he didn't die. You know, he he seems to have come out of whatever the you know the coma issue. He's in physical therapy and he seems well on his way to recovery. So, can we even say it's a tragic? It's a tragedy. Is, is, is yeah, he's not it? dead. He's not dead. So yeah, I, I think we're since we're dead. talking in the middle of it. We have these, inf- these this information. It's uh, it was sad that he was in in trouble in a coma, and we'll get into the details in just a moment. But yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it it is unfortunate, but he, he he also went into that coma as a result of his own decisions. Correct? Right. I mean Yes. Yeah. Would would that happen without the cocaine and the herbal Viagra? Probably not. And you know, he it it's, it appears that he you know, I don't know what the long term prospect is, but in some form or another he uh reunited with his, you know, former love, Chloe Kardashian, um you know, he's got the support of his family, a lot of people who maybe he didn't know cared about him. Uh, he's gotten nothing but positive results, uh, responses, rather, from other NBA players across the league. Uh, people are just talking constantly about, you know, what a great guy Lamar Odom is. And I'm sure he is a great guy. You know, I don't, I'm not one of the people who think that, you know, if you're a good guy or not good guy, that he's a bad guy just because he, you know, decided to take drugs and, you know, a frequent a brothel in Las Vegas. If he does things that affect himself, that doesn't mean that he, like, doesn't treat other people well. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that, like, there were people saying, well, you know, he he brought it on himself, and then and, and people who say he's a good guy, that can't be accurate because of the position he was in. But it's not like he, you know, got shot while committing a robbery or, you know, he, he, he brought it on himself in a way that was also only harming himself. So... I think that's an unfair uh, accusation to label Adam a bad person. But what I would what I will say is this: 
and I hate to tie it into basketball, but I'm going to. Lamar Odom has always been a super talented player, right? All, all the years when he was traded to the Lakers as part of the Shaq trade, I was excited to have him. Saw him on the Clippers. He could do everything. He could rebound. He could score. He could pass. But I, but I never wanted to have him on the floor in big moments because he was he was mentally weak. I'm just going to come out and say it. He was weak. You, you gave you gave him the ball. He in, in any big moment he struggled. He didn't know what to do. He would fade away. He would crumble. Uh, anytime you needed him to, you know, you, Lamar Odom, you have to be this, the guy to go lock this guy down. He, he could never do it. Lamar Odom, you have to be the focus of the team. He could never be the focus of the team. He was always great without any pressure on him. And, you know, the moment he felt any stress, he couldn't handle it. And I sort of feel like that applies to who Lamar Odom is off the court as well. Yeah. So you're saying that he's men- he's mentally weak and he's given into addiction, and that's that's why I, I think people would probably take offense to that, especially people that are recovering addicts. I think they would probably say addiction is is a is a disease, and you can't control it, and unless you work hard at it, and all this sort of stuff. And no, I, I mean, I, I think I don't to your to your point, if he's mentally weak and he's not giving the effort to overcome any of this stuff, then that sort of points to how he got himself in this mess in the first place, right? Well, I, I don't I don't know Lamar Odom too well enough and I don't have enough information to know, you know, whether or not he he would even qualify as an addict. Like you know, there there's various arguments as as to what is an addict and certainly there are people who would say that anyone who, you know, would would uh even take cocaine is an is an addict or anyone who, you know, would even get in that t- situation as an addict. But I don't necessarily uh, conform to that ideology, nor do I – yeah, nor would I just immediately say he's an addict and he didn't have the strength to overcome his addiction. That's not really what I'm, I'm – I'm really talking about, you know, the, the collapse of his marriage, the collapse of his career. Uh, you know, again, he didn't – he the Lakers uh, – he wanted to be a Laker. The Lakers wanted to trade him. He couldn't handle it, and then he asked them to be. He asked them to move. He moved to Dallas, and then he couldn't handle it in Dallas. That was essentially the end of his career. You know, he he kept himself together throughout his entire career. Other than early on as a rookie, he had some marijuana problems. And it's like the they come, <clears throat> they coming to get you out there. They yeah, the the this take this uh, point I'm making is so arresting. The cops have come. Uh, but yeah, so what I'm saying to you is, is without without the support and without those things in his life that like that he needed to live for, you know, played say in the NBA, in the NBA, it appears from, from a distance without you know without knowing the specifics that he's given into sort of a life of excess, and it's, it's not just the cocaine, you know, it's also the the he supposedly holding the uh, not supposedly he did hold himself up in a week in a Las Vegas brothel. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 giving in. It's not just the drugs. It's it's like giving giving over to what you could call a, a reasonable life and, you know, just sort of trying to fade away in this in this you know, yeah, and you know what he has he has a not to uh, belittle any of this, but he has a candy eating problem too. So if you want to talk about Lamar Odom really pushing the limits and having things in excess 
put that on the on the list of of things way down at the bottom of how serious they are. Yeah. I just think that, you know, and you could say, well, maybe he has an addictive personality, and, you know, maybe, perhaps he does. Um, and I, I wish him the best. I, I do think that, like, he is the type of person that, and again, it, it's not even a, you know, when I say mentally weak, it, it's like people people who choose to take offense to that, it's like, you know, that's an, that's an aspect of personality. Like, it, it's no different than, somebody who is, you know, less intelligent than somebody else, or somebody who's, not even that, somebody who's, you know, uh, more of an introvert than somebody else. It's like things, there's just differences in human beings. You know what I mean? I, and I think that, I think that all of that is what sort of led him down this path, and hopefully, you know, uh, he'll have somebody to, to support him and stay with him, because he seems to be the kind of person who needs that. And I wouldn't necessarily put it in, entirely on the drugs because it's, I guess that's the point that I'm making is that his psychological problems go deeper than, you know, I just did too much cocaine or or even I have a cocaine problem. Well, I guess all, all this really comes back to is it's good that he's recovering, right? He's conscious. Uh well, I, I do want to ask you this, though. He puts himself up there for, for four days or whatever. $75,000 on the two women that were in the VIP suite. This is all according to the Love Ranch owner, Dennis Hoff, which I'm getting from this Yahoo article by... Oh, they took it from the AP. Okay. So it's whatever. It's it's an AP article. Right. <clears throat> and uh, this is the thing that sort of interests me. He asked a dozen women working there to sign confidentiality agreements that barred them from speaking about the fact that he was there. And the the owner says that nobody has ever asked for that to to happen at his at his love ranch and that it doesn't exist for the customers but that the women aren't allowed to do it based on their agreement with the brothel itself. So basically I'm getting at this Lamar Odom comes into this place as this big hotshot demanding confidentiality agreements. Probably so his ex-wife or his estranged wife doesn't have any ammo in the divorce, right? Well, he really uh, walked right up to the line, and I think now he's he's busted because this guy, the, the owner of this place, is just out is just saying all this stuff and leaking all this information. Not necessarily leaking, but just putting it out there. Yeah, I don't know if you know anything about this guy, um, Dennis Hoff, but he actually has uh, a partnership deal with HBO where they do these shows called Cat House about their <coughs> about their brothels and sort of turning some of their their prostitutes into you know pseudo pseudo celebrities or at least like pseudo documentary celebrities, including himself. And you know, he's so he's somewhat of a, a fame or type. So I'm, I'm sure Lamar Odom was aware of that, so maybe he had that. I, I think for him it's probably about protecting his image more than uh, – I'm, I'm 90% sure that his, his uh, divorce with Khloe Kardashian has to be final by now, right? Uh, I Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just don't even know yeah. anything about that. Maybe I should go to TMZ I, more yeah. often because uh, I, hmm. I, I would find out about crazy stories like the one I'm going to tell you about in a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more about maintaining his image. 
All right, you have anything else about this? Because I just saw something come across the old Twitter at Team Green Truth that uh, we might have a little interest in for a second or two. Hit me. Uh, so, according to TMZ, half an hour ago, Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch were drag racing as they left practice, and uh, Fred Jackson crashed and smashed up his car. They both are fine. Or Actually, they're saying it's unclear if anyone if Jackson suffered injuries because Lynch drove off uninjured. But uh, there you go. Fred Jackson heads out to Seattle, and uh, a few weeks later, drag racing with Marshawn Lynch smashes up his car. Just a little tidbit there on the NFL as we you know, roll into you know, a little a bigger discussion. Go ahead. You know what the, the best part of that story is? Is uh, the, the last sentence you said, which is that uh, Fred Jackson crashes his car and Marshawn Lynch drives off. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it was. Marshawn Lynch drove off uninjured. Like if, it, if, if you and a friend were racing and he crashed, like wouldn't you like pull over to make sure he was okay and like get him to a hospital instead of just driving away? Well, I mean, so I, I left a little bit out of the story. It, it says. We're told Jackson somehow lost control and smashed into a larger planter box and then a stop sign. There's actually a picture of the car smashed into the, the stop sign, and it's really more of a stop light pole. It's a huge light pole with a stop sign on it. Uh, and <clears throat> it says several other players, including Richard Sherman, stopped at the scene and attempted to help Jackson out of the car. When the police got there, uh, the Seahawks staffers showed up as well and then took Jackson back to the facility and then uh, Lynch drove off on his own. So people helped him before Marshawn Lynch left. Well, that's not that's not actually clear. It's possible that he just drove off. Right. I choose to believe that he just said something. He just said, like, nope, and then drove off. <laughs> See you later. Anyway, uh, yeah. that's, <clears throat> that's the latest bit of gossip from the NFL. And with that, we move into our NFL topic for tonight. You said which just so happens to be. What's that? So you said gossipy, Ray. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's all over Twitter right now. It's it's flying through Twitter. TMZ reports this. TMZ reports. TMZ. TMZ. All this. Marshawn Lynch. Fred Jackson. Drag racing. It's all over right now. Anyway, um, the other thing that's been talked about for the past couple of days in the NFL is the Indianapolis Dolts. Colts, uh, they they played the Patriots and they actually gave them a game up until mm, the the fake punt happened. Calvin, the fake punt heard heard around the world. The fake punt that people that don't even follow football are going to their computers to watch and and see and see what happened because everybody's ripping the Colts and mocking the Colts here. So we're going to do that here. Or at least I am. And I'd love to hear what you think about this play because I've heard every angle. I've heard that it's the snapper's fault. I've heard that the coaching staff blew it. I've heard that everybody on the line had no idea what they were doing, and that's that's why it was it, it didn't work out. But to me, I, I I lean more towards blaming the coaches. So before we get into why, why don't you uh, sort of explain what happened with the, the, the Colts down six against the Pats the other day? Okay, the Colts were down six. Uh, it was a fourth and three at like their own 38, right, something about there. Uh, yep. A, a minute or so left to go in the third quarter. Colts 
Colts again after much speculation that the Patriots were going to run through the Colts in you know as a sort of revenge for uh, what happened in in the uh, second round of the playoffs last year where the Colts sort of touched off uh, Deflate Gate. I don't, I don't believe in the idea of a revenge game anyway. By the way, as a, as a side note, before we get well, into I don't think the play. Patriots do either, and I think you yeah. sort of saw that uh, this weekend. Well, it's just like both both teams are going to try. Look, maybe I believe in a in a revenge game. Uh, you know, at, in the fourth quarter of a blowout, when a team, when Bill Belichick maybe leaves his starters in for for an extra possession or two, but before that point. Both teams are trying their hardest to win in every situation, you know, especially in the NFL. It's not right. like this is Major League Baseball where you maybe there are and, nights that you like take off. Like in, in the NFL, every game matters. I, I don't think that there are teams who are like, uh, let's just take this week off. Like they might yeah, play badly if, in a week. And if you if you look at it from the standpoint of who has had more pressure to win or who had some more to prove, I mean, it's definitely the Colts had more to prove. Whether you look yeah. at it as they they needed to to show themselves and sort of put the flake gate behind them and show that it that maybe they were right in this situation. If they beat the Patriots, people would be like, oh, look, the balls were the right the pressure and the Colts, the Colts beat them, blah, blah, blah. But even more than that, the Patriots are an established franchise. They are a solid team. Everybody knows that they're going to be a contender at the end of the season if they stay healthy, whereas the Colts, on the other hand, are probably going to win their division, but they – look like a hot mess right now. They they just don't they don't really seem to be the team that a lot of people thought they were going to be before the, the season started. And again, I lean towards blaming the coaching staff. I haven't watched all their games and I'm not gonna say that I'm the type of <laughs> type of fan to, to be able to critique the the coaches on, on a specific strategy even if I did. But this punt thing the other day, I'm just I'm just yeah. blaming them completely. And it goes from the fact that they don't they didn't even seem to, to uh notify the snapper that they weren't actually trying to snap the ball and if you i don't know if you heard any of uh did you, or actually did you hear any of Pat McAfee their punter on the radio this afternoon <clears throat> you did not well this is new then to to you and i heard this a little bit a little while ago he actually went on a radio show and said that uh the, um, the the snapper for that particular play was actually the backup, and um, he, in practice, is the guy that's actually catching the punts when they're practicing punts. So while he was catching punts, they were putting in this fake punt play, and he apparently wasn't told by anybody that there was a new wrinkle where they were going to try and catch the Patriots off sides as opposed to actually running a fake punt. So he gets up there and panics when the punter starts walking to the line as if they're going to run some sort of a, a weird play, and he snaps the ball. Interesting. No, I, I, I didn't know that. To me, to me, that's, that's where, obviously, I, I don't even have, I don't have a huge problem with the idea of the play, which is that, like, you you set up a, st- a stupid formation that could never possibly work under the idea that maybe it confuses the coaching staff uh, momentarily enough for them to burn a timeout, right? That's really or or to like sure. that's the, that was the idea. Sides. 
That was the idea. But yeah. they, they, everybody knew that except the guy that was about to snap the ball. I just don't know how you can't, yeah. how you don't tell this guy. Right. That's that's what I, that's what I was getting to. Like, I, I didn't I didn't know uh, that he was like a last second replacement. I did uh, hear something about him like not being a regular snapper, but I, yeah. yeah, I didn't know the specific details of it. And then you can't. Here's the thing. You can't put the backup. You can't have him hiking it to the to the backup wide receiver because if you if you're going to do that, here's the thing. If you're going to have him just, it's not even look. You don't need a long snapper in a situation where he's not snapping it to a kicker. You could have done the exact same thing. Thing had the line move over. Uh, there's there's also the secondary problem that like the line didn't wasn't all they weren't all lined up on the line. You know what I mean? Like you could still have the line move over, have them all lined up on the line instead of uh, what three in the front. And then two behind them, and so you you automatically going to get the illegal formation call no matter what. So that's already that's already right. a problem, right? The formation itself is a problem. Right, right. But, I think, and that may, maybe that's execution by the line, and they didn't realize where the line of scrimmage was, or something, or, or who knows about that part. But, part no, but, because there's there's two guys who are literally standing directly behind the other three guys. How could that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you you know what? You're right. Yeah. They couldn't remember if they didn't know what the line of scrimmage was because they're looking at dudes on the line of scrimmage. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the deal with that was. Uh, I don't know if, if that was a, a failure of execution or a failure of coaching. But you can put that on coaching either way because they they didn't execute, you know, where to stand. And I feel I feel like it's the coach's job to make sure that they do that. So exactly. Certainly, uh, certainly that. And I just think that like. Again, trying to hike it to to a backup wide receiver. If you're going to do that, then just have them just put the center in and have him have the quarterback calling things behind him. And anyway, Seriously. the quarterback is yeah. The, rather, rather than uh, rather than the backup safety who's who's there uh, who's there like to receive the ball, put you put the quarterback in. At least the quarterback knows how to do a hard count, knows how to do a fake. Uh, a fake snap count knows how to try to draw people off sides. Maybe the combination of the of Andrew Luck yelling things with with excuse me with the line moving. Maybe that's even more likely to draw guys off sides. Maybe that's more likely to confuse guys thinking they're actually going to run a play here. You know, even if you say you have the punter out there in the field as well, so there's a possibility of either. And that's probably even more likely that the Patriots do call a timeout, right? So it's like it wasn't well executed. No, even and even though the idea was good, the it could have been done much more efficiently. So yes, he, yeah, I, I believe Chuck Pagano when he says that that he was never in, uh, intended for him to hike the ball because what? How could they have possibly succeeded? Even if uh, you right. know what I mean, like yeah, right. So, yes, <clears> no, I, that's, I, and that's fine. I, that's all well and good. Uh, that's yeah. fine. If you don't want, if if you that's the way you're going to run the play and that's the way you practice it. And Pat McAfee acknowledged that that's the way they practice it, but. Right to have Clayton Gathers is, is the guy that is usually their gunner. He went out with a knee injury in the second quarter, and he obviously he's not going to be out there. So you just the guy who just slot, slots into the to that spot is the one that goes out there and does the play. You could even have you could even have one of the guys that runs off the line become the center. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't even have to tell the, the guy that missed the information in practice. Because he was at the other end of the damn field, that he's the, that he's a snapper. You could just switch him out and say, "Go stand on the line. Just do that. Just go stand on the line. Don't worry about it. And he, then and don't jump because they're not going to snap the ball, right? 
then have one of the guys that was involved in the play and practice snap the ball. But instead, they just have the the guy who's clueless about what's going on slide, just slide right into that into that spot without telling them anything. And uh, it's just it, it just goes to show that the coach, coaching staff did not prepare their players as well as they should have uh, for a play that, according to Pat, Pat McAfee, also Calvin, they had practiced for a year before they put did it in the play. They practiced it last year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't understand understand the timing of it either. And that it seems like a weird situation to bring it out in. Well, I mean, I kind of understood the timing. They're down six. They they felt like the game might start to slip away if they give the ball back right there maybe. And, I mean, sure, it's not really showing much confidence in your defense or your offense for that matter. But maybe that's their thinking. And if that's the way they want it to go and try and pull it out then, that's fine with me. Uh, But – you have to make sure everybody's prepared if you're going to do that. You can't just throw a trick play out there if, if people don't even know what the goal, end goal of the play is. Yeah, and I heard, that, I heard that there was also an onside kick attempt, a failed onside kick attempt in that game. It just, and I get why they, they wanted to win that game among all games, you know, with all the stuff going on and, like, people doubting the Colts anyway. But it, I don't know. It just, it just comes across mm-hmm. as a little desperate to me. All right. Well, you know who else is, might be desperate at some point? Rick Pitino. But before we tell you about him, let's keep talking football for a second, shall we? Because we just mentioned that uh, the Pats had a pretty pretty nice game. They they beat the Colts. If you had uh, LeGarrette Blunt on your fantasy team or your FanDuel team, for that matter, you probably got paid because he had a nice game, couple of or touchdown and a couple of nice runs there. So, how is your fantasy team doing anyway? Did somebody else screw you over? Did Andrew Luck screw you over? Did did you just lose and your season is done because one of your players got injured? Well, at FanDuel, it can finally pay to be a fan. Get a new team today at FanDuel.com. It's the leader in one-week fantasy football. The money is real, and they are expecting to pay out $2 billion this year. $2 billion. That's crazy. Building a team is really easy. You just have to pick your players while staying under a salary cap and then sit back and watch your team win on Sunday. Entry fees start at just $1, and anyone can play. If you think you know football, football, come prove it at FanDuel.com. Last week, just last week, Tyson from Orlando won six grand, and he just paid two dollars for that entry fee. That's his first week of FanDuel, and that could be you. Join him and over one million other users who have already won money. It's not too late to join. Come play every week this season and start a new team every week at FanDuel.com. Head over to FanDuel.com right now and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use our code Patriots to sign up special offer for new users is that every dollar you deposit FanDuel will match it up to 200 bucks and that gets earned as you play so that's a bonus of up to 200 dollars baby it's only good for the first 50 people so get over there use our code patriots today don't forget patriots at fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's f-a-n-d-u-e-l.com sign up right now all right Tom. right Yes. Can, I, can I can I briefly uh, talk about how awesome I am at fantasy? Oh boy! 
Well, are you in first place or something? No, I'm not. I I just I won this last week. Bye. Uh, my my defense was on a bye this week, and I picked up the Patriots' defense, and I ended up winning by one point when the Patriots blocked that extra point attempt. Well, there you go. That was a sweet yeah. play by Jamie Collins. He jumped it yeah. clear over the line, which is illegal if you touch anybody on either team while doing it. He did not. He cleared everyone, just jumped straight over them. It was sweet. Good for him. And good for you. He's got some hops. Yeah. All right. All right. What's next? Keep. Oh yeah, Richard. Uh, ne- Richard Dick next Patino. Is Patino. Yes. And the Louisville uh, situation. So, yes, the Louisville for- situation. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah. Go so, ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah I, was, <laughs> I was doing it. Sorry. For anyone, who- <laughs> for anyone unaware. Uh, Excuse me. Patino is the head coach at Louisville, the head basketball coach at Louisville, uh, where a a woman named Katrina uh, Bowl, I believe, uh, recently wrote a book about uh, called Breaking Cardinal Rules, Basketball on the Escort Queen. Uh, Powell, I'm sorry. She says that there were two dozen stripping and sex parties from 2010 to 2014 inside Louisville's uh, campus hall, inside their dorm for athletes and other students. And basically, uh, they were all orchestrated by a Louisville assistant coach. And, you know, she was also paid to have sex with some of the players, some of the coaches. And these parties were designed to bring recruits to Louisville. Rick Pitino says that he doesn't know anything. Some some of these recruits, I'm sorry, some of these recruits, uh, five of them have gone big to ESPN and reported uh, that that was, that was the truth. They were at uh, sex parties orchestrated by this coach uh, named McGee. Rick Pitino today uh, came out and said that Andre McGee uh, needs to come out and tell the truth. He doesn't know if these sex parties occurred. But if they did, he needs to take responsibility for them. And uh, the the stripper who wrote the book says that Patino uh, certainly knew about it, that she asked McGee once, and he said Rick knows everything, even though she never had any direct contact with him. What are your thoughts, Barry? Well, first of all, Jordan Mickey and Terry Rogier are named in this thing. Um so they are. That's that pertains to the, the, the Celtics, I guess, in, in a way. I don't know what the uh, what the NBA or how the NBA or other organizations feel about scandals like this. But um, I know that if there's ever jail time associated with anything, which I don't think there would be in this situation for the players anyway, uh, that uh, there could be suspensions. So just that's just something to know that their names are involved in this thing and hopefully that's that's all it is is that they're just that it just stays at that that their names are thrown out there um but it's it, it seems to be pretty crazy that Rick Pitino wouldn't know anything about this if somebody if this person is telling the truth this stripper is telling the truth now who knows Calvin anybody can write a book today it, it doesn't mean it's true um, so 
I don't really know how to how to react to the allegations. I guess Rick Pitino seems to be staunchly saying that he has no idea, and I'm not sure if they could even prove that he knows. So I'm not. I don't. I don't really know um, how to answer your question very well. Yeah, you know what I want to start with. And, and well, you know what? I, no, let me let me start again with a qualifying a qualifying comment before I say something outrageous. So everything is cool. Look, I get that this is a this is a typical college thing where you know obviously uh, you have, colleges have to worry about re- recruiting as opposed to uh, other colleges and, and having the ability to bring in a sex worker is advantageous, certainly advantageous if other schools don't have that ability. So, so I, I understand that, <laughs> but part of me feels like this really isn't that big of a deal. I'm sure college, in, in most cases, college kids are, are, especially on a basketball team level, are probably going to parties uh, anyway, where they can probably get sex pretty easily, considering you know the fame equated to being a, a player on on the Louisville team in Kentucky. They can probably make that happen. Uh, generally speaking, anyway, without escorts. But so, yes, this guy, you know, should be fired or whatever needs to happen in connection to Louisville. Do I think Rick Pitino should lose his job um, over this situation? I guess if the school wants to, you know, to maintain a reputation, fine, I I get it. I just, you know know what my issue is, really? My issue is this, my bigger issue than, like, even do I think it makes Rick Pitino like a worse coach or even like, is it worse than what's going on in other schools? No, I, I sort of feel like this again, it's stemming from the problems that we have, uh, you know, in college sports and the problems with the entire NCAA system, guys not getting paid. If you found out that Mark Cuban, right, uh, you know, threw, threw a sex party with Dirk Nowitzki, would, would there, would, do you think there'd be a huge controversy? Like trying to bring DeAndre Jordan to Dallas. Do you think there'd be a huge controversy over that? Nope, definitely not as much. This is, but it's, no. it's the NCAA. It's these, it's these young men. It's these, right. uh, people that aren't officially adults yet. I guess they are sometimes officially adults. But some of them could be 17. Who knows? Yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just what I'm, I want to ask America. Because because most of these things are are different. It was what is this is this a sex issue to you or is this a you know an NCAA violation issue to you? Because okay, you you want to suspend Patino, that's fine. But look, uh, what's what happening? Like Jim Beheim's being suspended for the start of this year. Uh, who's the other major college coach who's being suspended for? Larry Brown is being suspended, mm-hmm. probably fired right from from SMU. It's like these these rules violations are becoming more and more ridiculous, and I, I understand. That you know, sex is is not a small violation, but I would still, I still don't ultimately think. I, I just, I just don't care that much, you know, about that. The, uh, what bothers me, though, I'm just going to be honest. What bothers me is the narking, the tattletaling. The narking, yeah. What, whatever happened, Rui? Whatever happened to attorney prostitute privilege? Like, <laughs> they paid the, the the article says that they paid this this lady over 10 grand to, you know, have all these parties. They invited her back. They treated her well. And then she turns, I know this isn't the point of the article, but then she turns around and she drops, she writes a book to make even more money and drop dimes on them. 
What is that? And then these recruits who, who let me ask you this, Marie, if your boss paid for you to have a free sex party, would you then go and call the cops on him? Well, if you then, you know, if you'd be like, he's illegal, man, and I'm going to bring the police to your door, you'd, you know, you'd probably just appreciate it. You'd probably clap your hands and say, thank you, sir. I'll see you at work tomorrow. See you at work tomorrow. That sounds like a situation that would never, ever happen. But... Please continue on your rant. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I yeah, I just I don't like like look if, if they like mistreated her, you know, if somebody threw her down a, a flight of stairs and then she felt the she felt the need to get you know revenge for this blatant act of mistreatment slash uh, domestic violence, then sure, write your book, you know, tell on the couch, in, indict Rick Pitino, even though you apparently never met him. Instead. You're trying to bring down the Louisville uh, program single-handedly for what? A couple like so you can appear once or twice on the View. What are we talking about here? Like ESPN will pay you to <laughs> to call them once or twice. That's yeah, just, that's what it seems like. Well, speaking of calling, I should throw that number out there again so people can call and yell back at you about this topic. Three two three six four two one four eight four. And as always, press one if you want to come on the air with us, please, because. I can't tell if there's people just sitting there listening or not. And I don't want to just bring somebody on that's going to have silence. Boom. You know what? I had a feeling that that was going to happen. I had to remind the people to press one, Calvin. Oh, there it is. So we're going to go to the 6-9, and that's San Diego, isn't it? Uh, 6-9 Calvin? is San Diego, yes. Yes, it is, oh, you know, You know what that means. You know what that means? With the, the, with the sirens in the background... For you now they're gone. The triumphal no, return. Something, something must be oh, going on. Still going? Something serious. Yeah. Triumphal return to our call lines. Sam in San Diego. Wow, it's really getting crazy out there now. Cal. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna mute you for a second, buddy. All right, Sam. Oh, I thought that was me. That was, that was getting on that sound. Okay. That's LA. Oh, that was Calvin. I just muted him for a second. I'll hope I'll bring him back. Hopefully it's gone. But what's up, man? How you been? I've been great. San Diego's not as crazy as LA, I think. Um, <laughs> hey, it's great to have you guys back. I mean, you guys are like, uh, to me, you guys are basketball season. So um, I'm really excited the NBA is about to get here. And I think everybody's excited. So thanks for coming back. Um, hey, I, what I wanted to say was uh, I ended up going to Summer League. And uh, I got to sit a couple seats behind Brad Stevens and uh, Evan Turner. It was the game where Marcus Smart got hurt. And uh, Terry Rozier won the game at the end with a couple of big buckets. So, obviously, I have good things to say about him. Um, he looked pretty poised. And um, Hunter, Hunter reminded me a lot of, uh, what's that player from Detroit, the real gangly player? Uh, Tayshaun Prince. To the championship team. Tayshaun Prince, right. Same kind of body. Tayshaun Prince. Um, kind of plays similar in the sense that he's very, uh, he makes the right play, I thought. Um he did look kind of skinny, but, you know, I'm hopeful, although I, I try not to get too hopeful with these Celtics rookies because we've had, we had so well, many disappointments. Sam, I don't know if it's a, if it's a uh, just a coincidence or not. Maybe you read the articles, but our, our the CLNS postgame shows soccer, or lock, soccer, locker room reporter Jared Weiss actually just posted two articles on CLNS radio about Terry Rozier and RJ Hunter uh, saying that uh, – Hunter is playing with a chip on his shoulder, basically, and that he is – it's helping him, and he's performing well. He's got confidence. 
and that in the uh, the preseason game last night, Trevor Rogier kind of shined for the Celtics towards the end of that game uh, as they ended up beating the Nets at home, uh, 111 to 105. So I don't know if you saw that game last night, Sam, but according to Jared, uh, Terry Rogier is is the real deal, or was last night anyway. Calvin, how much how much uh, stock do you put in preseason games like this? When New Jer- when the Brooklyn Nets did I say Jersey? I hope I did. Uh, when Brooklyn was is playing basically their skeleton crew against the Celtics last night. Yeah, as I always say, you know, when it comes to preseason with any sport, like obviously you don't look at results, right? You don't you don't enti- you don't look at percentages. You don't you know you don't look how many shots a guy made. You sort of just look. At, at, at generalities, you know, you look at athleticism, uh, you, you know, you look at how fast the guy is, how strong the guy is, you know, you, you try to project that. It's okay, if, you know, there's no, usually a lot of turnovers in preseason because guys aren't connected with each other, so I don't necessarily look at that, that number either, like if a guy doesn't handle the ball well because he may be trying to show off or secure a spot in the rotation, but just how guys look physically is what I would look at mostly. Do you agree with that sort of notion, Sam? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, you know, and we've had so many years where we talked about Jawan Johnson and each one more, everybody got excited and nothing happened, you know. So I, I try not to get too up for this stuff uh, until we see him play on the court and then we can really see what they can do against NBA talent. Uh, but he did look good. Rodney Rozier looked really good out there and he looked really poised and, and like they're saying, quick and explosive. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, you know, because we were so down on the pick. But I, I wanted to share one story with you guys um, from, from the Summer League was that, um, you know, if, if, if you're a fan that hasn't been able to get out there, it's pretty cool because you get to, uh, you get to see a lot of the beat writers. You know, you get really close to somebody like Brad Stevens like I did. Um, but the story I have for you was that um, – um, sorry. Brad Stevens and Evan Turner um, were – we're sitting in front, and they were taking autographs during the during the intermissions. And uh, so, if there were any people that come by um, during the game, they would get shooed away by the uh, by the uh, security. Uh, there was a little kid that came by. He must have been like four or five, and he came by and he wanted to say hi to Brad Stevens to get his autograph. And one of the assistant coaches shooed him away before he could get close to him. So the little kid started to walk off, kind of sad. And I didn't – there's no way Brad Stevens could have seen him. He was watching the game, but he was so aware of his surroundings that as the kid walked away, he turned around and looked towards him and, and brought him back and signed his autograph. And I thought that was really cool on two fronts. Number one, that he even noticed him because I watched Brad the whole time and, and he didn't appear to lose focus on the game. But at the same time, um, he watched the game and noticed that the kid had, uh, had come by. And, and I thought that was a really cool thing to say. It's just – do and and I, I thought it was pretty indicative of, of the kind of coach he is and kind of representative uh, we have for the Celtics. So I'm pretty excited about that. Sam, I think that's that's great, and I think you're you're right. That is indicative of of who he is. He seems to be well aware of his surroundings and of, of every little situation that's happening. And um, I think that's why the Celtics have actually played pretty well towards the end of, of the season, or did play pretty well towards the end of the season last year, and. Why, even in his first season as Celtics coach, they seemed to overachieve. People didn't really think that they were going to be anything. And they were, I mean, they weren't horrible. They were competitive. They lost a lot of games, but they hung in there. And uh, I just, I feel like he has a, a formula to get the most out of his teams and his players. And part of that is just the 
fact that he is extremely well aware of everything around him. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all that he noticed the kid. Uh, it is nice that he signed the autograph right there in the middle of a, of a game, though. Uh, even though he wasn't coaching, it was summer league, obviously. He's sitting there just evaluating the players and, and the talent. Uh, but it, it's it's nice to see that he'll he, he's still humble enough to, to do something like that in a, in a small, in, enclosed situation like the, the summer league is out there. But uh, I'm glad to hear you had a good time there, man. I'm, and, uh, I'm glad we're back here for as, as long as we can be. And I hope we hear from you soon. Sam, before yeah, you go, I want to ask. Uh-huh. I want to yeah, ask but, you something too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the Lakers and Warriors played a game down, a preseason game down in San Diego the other day at the uh, the Valley View Casino floor. I'm wondering if you have any experience with that. Like, you, you've been there, or do you know anything about it? But um, essentially, the, the conditions there were unplayable. Like, the floor kept getting wet. Guys were slipping the entire game. They had to cancel the game in the third quarter. Is the court just like that, or? What was schools going on with that? I, I know that there's supposedly ice underneath there. Is there. Does it have any sort of history like that that you know of? Or You know what? Uh, the Valley View Casino used to be the sports arena where the Clippers played. Um, so it is an old arena. It even still looks the same as it did in the 70s. It's a terrible little arena. We could never attract a team with that thing there. Um, and so I believe the Bulls play there, which is their minor league hockey team. So that's where the condensation would have come from. And so, yeah, we we have a third-class arena here in a first-class city, so <laughs> terrible stuff. Um, but, hey, I want to say a last thing. Um, Nick Jelso's coming around on Brad Stevens, so that's a good thing. Uh, and sorry about the Dodgers, Kelvin. And oh, uh, go Celtics, guys. <laughs> Glad to have you back. The dig, the dig from Sam in San Diego. Thank you for calling, sir. We'll hear from you next time. Nice to hear from him, Calvin. And uh, you want to you wanna get anything off your chest about the Dodgers since you brought it up? Yes, two things, right? One, at one, okay? You have a man on third, right? Foul balls hit to the outfield. How hard is it to let it drop? As opposed to catching it and letting the run tag up, thus to tie the game in an exciting game five. And on, on, on with the previous run, how hard is it to have someone rotating over to cover third? To, you know what I mean? That's how a guy got to third in the first place. There was nobody there on, on the previous hit. They did a shift. There's nobody there covering third. It's like it's uh, lost. sounds yeah. like something I would do. It's it's time for Don Mattingly to go. He's a nice guy, but like if you can't yeah, if you can't have somebody covering third base on a play where somebody's going to third base, then you should probably not be a manager. Yeah, aren't there situations where if there are runners on base, I mean, the shift is not a factor anymore. You can't have a shift. You play straight up or you play double play depth because you don't want runners to advance. How are you shifting yeah. to leave third base open? That just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it made no sense to me either. All right, that's fine. I wonder if it made sense to our next performer. Call performer? Is she going to do, yeah, like, like uh, some, some being shot out of a cannonball or some trapeze work? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if uh, if she's going to do anything wild or crazy. Maybe she'll sing a song. Uh, but it is. Hello, Liz. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. 
Um, I don't think I'll be performing anything tonight. Sorry to disappoint. That's, that's a shame. <laughs> I was going to sing that, that song that you just played, but you've already played it, so I don't want to bore the audience. Oh, I see. It. Right, right. Um, but I have two stories tonight, and one of them is revisiting a story from a previous episode, so if you listen every week, I'm sure you're on the edge of your seat. This is about the Santa Claus City Council race. Do you remember that oh story? Oh, boy. Santa Claus, so, Calvin. He's running for city council. It's official. Claus, North Claus. Claus the North Pole. Andy Santa Claus won. He is Santa Claus won. Apple cider for everybody. North Pole, Alaska. He seems like a nice guy. He also seems a little weird, but, you know. So that was story number one. Now, now, well, here's my question, though. Is he still accountable to the mayor? Cause, like, what if the mayor says, no toys this year? You know? Is he going to have to run that up to the city manager? Like, well, how does this work? I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm sure that if you asked him, he would respond to you. Maybe you can get on that for, for next episode. How does the city government work at the North Pole? It's right <laughs> This was your topic. I need. I need you to research this for me. I feel like Santa Claus reigns rule over everything in at the North Pole, doesn't he? I mean, it doesn't. Doesn't matter what his title is. His North Pole, Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, yeah, Alaska. We get it. It's at the. It's at the North Pole. They're they're serving gifts and they're making gingerbread. Yep. He also. He also has apparently. he ran for president twice. <laughs> like really? How many votes did he get? I don't know. That's not in this article. I'll have to do some research. For next um, time, I guess. Ran yeah, for, for president. That'll be that'll be week three of our um, Santa Claus story. <laughs> so the the other the other story, which I thought was a really cool story, um, this woman starts kind of a sad start. She so. The couple was uh, set to wed, and um, the groom decided a week before the wedding that he was not into it, so canceled the wedding. But they're like Wampum. left with all the food and everything. So the bride's family um, served all of their food to um, homeless people. They invited people to come eat their food, so they paid oh, for it so anyway. Nice. I thought it was what a really did the nice bride story. do? What did the bride do? So, um, she was not present. She chose not <laughs> to be there. But the bride, the bride's mother, uh, ran the whole thing, and um, and invited people from like the local homeless shelters. And they they said it was like packed. It was a huge success. It was in Sacram- Sacramento. Nice. Well, you know what this is doing here. This is setting a precedent for men to bail on their weddings. Oh, I just wanted to give it all to the homeless people, so I left. Goodbye. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that he was thinking of that. That's probably why he did it. Um, well, you think, now that, you think that's that why people could do it in the future. I'm gonna, they spent I'm gonna thirty-five thousand on this wedding. Thirty-five thousand dollars. The food. Would you like to know the menu for the food? Sure. Here, yeah, menu, because this, this ties into my point. So go ahead. Okay. Um, they had. I don't know why this is first in the list, but cauliflower, salmon, 
tri-tip and gnocchi, or gnocchi, 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 however you want to say it. And Aren't you Italian? Italian? I'm an Italian yeah. man. I'm Irish. Have we yeah, met before? Right. <laughs> can, I also, can I also say that I love the way that you say cauliflower? Like, you're, you're like somebody who says, I want a sandwich. And you're like that person. Like, what nice do you call it? It's cauliflower. It's cauliflower. It's not Macaulay flour. Hold on. Hold on. It's cauliflower. Hold on. Cauliflower. I have a question for Rory. Calvin, don't uh-huh. you dare say a thing. If you were to make, if you were to have a sandwich, okay, that had tuna, uh-huh. and 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 somebody said I'm having a tuna sandwich, uh-huh. okay. Would you also accept that it was called tuna salad? No, sandwich? that's a bad question. That's a bad question. <laughs> You're no. not allowed. If, if somebody on, said it. Hold on. Hold on. If you were eating said sandwich, no, no, no. Let me, let me. Let me let, what is going this is, on? This is trying, this is trying to, to skew your answer here. Here's a question: If you were eating a sandwich with tuna and mayo inside the sandwich, would you call it a tuna sandwich or a tuna salad sandwich? It's tuna Simple salad. I would call it tuna. Probably just tuna. Yeah. You would call it a tuna sandwich, right? Well, you don't put like you. a tuna. You don't put like a tuna steak on a sandwich or something. No, but I have right. a question. I have a question. Exactly. If you have a sandwich that has chicken mixed with mayo, what is that called? That's a chicken salad sandwich. Yes, yes. there is a difference. <laughs> tuna salad. There's a difference. You know why? Because a chicken sandwich is a chicken breast on bread. Yeah, like what he said, you don't eat a tuna steak in a salad in a sandwich. Please. That's a tuna sandwich. Well, that's what it sounds like when you say tuna sandwich. I'm just saying it's a salad when you add the mayo. Seafood salad, chicken salad, tuna salad. No. So I you think you're both right. Sandwich, we have a peanut butter sandwich. Peanut butter salad sandwich. sandwich. Do you call it a peanut butter spread flour. sandwich? What? Do you call it a peanut butter spread sandwich? You're being ridiculous. It doesn't you're make any sense, Calvin. That doesn't make any sense. You're losing. You don't make any sense. Anyway, so, so back to the point that I was going to make before I got derailed is, like, I, I get, look, it's nice. Again, I'm just, it's, apparently it's my job today to say tricky things, but I, it's nice that, they, like, they fed the homeless. They need to be fed. But here's my thought is that, like, did those homeless people – no, they do. Did the homeless people appreciate that wedding food more than they would have appreciated any other food. This is this is my 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 thought is that they should have given the wedding food to people who eat regularly, but eat things like Taco Bell. Then those people would have like had a real treat. And then you give the Taco Bell to the homeless people. Everybody still eats the same. Down amount, the line, I see. You're, you're trying you're trying to have some sort of uh, uh what's the word? Trickle down Milanovics. That's what I'm talking about here. Yeah. I think I think that you. Are an outrageous person. That's my that's my rebuttal. That's her <laughs> assessment. Okay. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Um. So yeah, that that was my story, and I'm sticking I, to it. Calvin's outrageous. More to eleven. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy right. your cauliflower. There she goes, Liz. You sure you don't want to do any impressions? Maybe a. Yeah, of all the dramatic things I've ever seen. Maybe a little Susan well, Waldman, no? I, I 
just am annoyed that I get called out about the way I, I say things from, like, the West Coast. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. What? Wait, what what, what else? What what else can we find out? What? what else have I added? I've had, I've had that for a little while. I got a longer yeah, version too. That's a gem. Huh. Every once in a while, you like pull pull something that I forgot we had. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, uh, you got any other words that you mispronounce? You want to say on the air, Liz? Um, well, I don't think I mispronounce them. <laughs> what is what is the, what's the thing? Name all the the food items they sell at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> they sell bagels. <laughs> they sell muffins. <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm glad you started out with the right one. Thank you. Have a great night. <laughs> there she goes, Liz. For all everybody, the topical topics lady of the night. Um, Speaking of topical topics, what topics do yep. we have left? I forgot. What do we have left? It's been an hour. We can go oh, quick this, on these. Oh, mean, yeah. Johnny Football, moneymaker. Yeah. Let yeah. me hit this briefly. I don't need yeah. John Henson. It's good. Um, All right, fine. We can drop John Henson. We'll, but this Johnny Menzel story is <laughs> just <laughs> it's another it's another gem. Go ahead, Calvin. Uh, so what do you know about this? Do you have the you have the stand? Uh, I do, but I don't think a lot of people do. Okay, so Johnny uh, Manziel and his girlfriend uh, were driving on October twelfth when uh, <clears throat> somebody saw uh, her trying to jump out and him holding on to her. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry to laugh, folks. This is this is a yeah. this is a touchy subject. It is it is a. a a subject of domestic abuse, and it's it's not a laughing matter. But I, I, I just find it funny that this this foolish football player it just keeps getting away with things throughout his life. And while I don't really have any other things that are documented in this regard, it just seems to me that if he's going to these lengths that that she needs to jump out of the car, then it's probably happened before, and he has gotten away with it. So I just uh, that's that's why that, I'm not trying to make light of, of domestic abuse. But go ahead, continue the the description of what happened. Yeah. So somebody saw uh, that called nine one one. They pulled Johnny Mantel over. He there's uh, a police video that was uh, released today of Johnny Mantel sort of talking on the dashboard cam to an officer uh, about how that his girlfriend threw his wallet out the window, and then tried to jump out herself. He grabbed onto her. She claimed at the time that uh, that he, hit, he pushed her uh, head against the dashboard and hit her a couple times, and that she was in fear of her life, uh, in fear for her life, rather. Later retracted that statement. Um, there's an audio that was released today of her, you know, basically being... Uh, Sounds I don't know if you've heard it or not, but and again I you know not confirm or deny, but she sounds like she might be intoxicated. She's definitely uh, a bit hysterical, sort of you know wildly back and forth. She now today she doesn't want to press charges. She came out on Twitter uh, 
I'm sorry, the day after, not today. The day after she didn't want to press charges, she came out on Twitter and said, you know, it was a private argument uh, between them and, you know, that they were just a couple who who got in a fight. Manziel uh, was, so, was, was sober at the time but admitted to drinking uh, beverage, alcoholic beverages earlier that day, which he now denies. But uh, according to the cops, he admitted it at first. So we sort of have a, a jumble of, you know, information here, some of it contradictory. What are your thoughts? I mean, I just, I feel like this guy's been in trouble since the, the day he's, he walked up on stage and splashed that money sign in, in the NFL draft. I, I, I don't think he has any regard for anyone other than himself. And he's, he's just a, another flashy, punkish NFL I feel like I'm just going to start swearing. I, I don't know. It, it's he. It's another scar and mark on the league. Uh, a league that has had more serious allegations of domestic abuse uh, come across its desk before and failed to do anything about it. So... It's just it's just one more thing, Calvin, to add to the list of of cases that NFL players go through. Uh, where I mean, maybe this is a deeper issue, or it most likely is a deeper issue that goes to the root of the just the the culture that surrounds football in college and in, in the NFL. It's a problem. No, I I agree with you. In general, it is, it is a problem. Domestic violence is nothing to take lightly. My my thought here, though, is, you know, just based on the the evidence. And again, I I think that you should, when you know when somebody makes a claim of domestic violence, you should take it seriously. But the the evidence to me points to the fact that she was probably just drunk and trying to punish him in the moment. And in, in, now in retrospect, now I say that because one. You know the things that she claimed, like he hit he hit her a couple times, or that he pushed her head against uh, the 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 glass, or whatever. There was there's no there was no physical evidence to support any of that. You know what I mean? There was a reason why he wasn't arrested. Now she had a small uh, bruise on her arm, but that could also have to do with him holding her. If he's driving and she's drunk and trying to jump out of the car, she threw both his wallet and her phone out of the car. And then maybe she's like, you know, I need to go get it, and he hasn't pulled over yet. He, he, I could see her grabbing her, you know, quickly reacting in that moment so that she doesn't open the car door when she's drunk. I think that there's a, there's a line, and maybe that's not what happened. Maybe, you know, she wanted to get out, and he was like, you know, stay here. I don't, I don't know specifically what happened there, but I think, like, it, it's a little bit and, – and Johnny Mantel certainly, like, uh, the fact that he was drinking, you know – and even though I, I also think people should do whatever they want with their own lives, but uh, if he's you know if he's going to make a, a big deal to the team like hey I've turned my life around and then he's you know he went to rehab and he's having alcoholic beverages with his girl and driving later in the day, even though I I technically don't have a problem with it, it certainly doesn't reflect well on his decision making and you know like his commit, supposed commitment to sobriety in the team. So that's a separate issue to me. But I think that, like, I'm not sure this the, the story would be as big of a deal if it wasn't Johnny Manziel. 
And I, I don't necessarily sure. think that it's... I, I think that everything needs to be evaluated on its own. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, definitely we'll, we'll, we have to let evidence come out. And if, I mean, there doesn't right, appear right. to be any evidence. He wasn't arrested or anything like that. They didn't press charges even at the time. So you might be right that she was just drunk, but at the same time, like... It's just it doesn't look good for the league, and I think I think that it's whether it's true or not, it exposes issues that they need to address. Yeah, no, you're you, you're right about the bigger picture thing. I'm I'm just speaking in terms of Manziel. Yeah, I just think that like people seem to prematurely in this case, you know, hold him responsible. And I would I would get that even if that was was Greg Hardy. You know, for example, but Johnny Mantell has a history of uh, of being a drunken idiot. You know what I mean? But he doesn't have a history of domestic violence. So I, I right. think that to to prematurely say, "Hey, uh, Johnny Mantell is an idiot," so he probably hurt his girlfriend, and now she's covering up for him. Like I don't know, it just strikes me as a little unfair. Without any, with, with the evidence, in my opinion, sort of pointing in the opposite direction from that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll I'll give that to you. I'm not. I wasn't trying to point the okay. finger at Johnny Mantel. I was just trying to. No, uh, to, no definitely not. But other people, but people I'm are. sure have. Yeah. Yep. So we That's we're all. in agreement on that because it doesn't seem that there's any sort of evidence. I just think that the NFL right. should take this opportunity to take their cause a little bit further and and have Johnny Manziel come out and say something on, along the lines of. This was a, a an argument that was between us. There, uh, there is in no way any domestic abuse here, and I I don't condone that in any way. Of course, word it better than what I just did right there. Maybe have Johnny Manziel speak to somebody or a group of abused women or something like that, you know, and just sort of raise awareness as opposed to just having him ignore it and and say, oh, I did I did nothing wrong. They they right. take oh, this as an opportunity what, to, to help their their own cause if they wanted to. What they shouldn't do is be overreactive and you know suspend him. I've been hearing right. uh, like pe- people are mad at the Browns right now for allowing Manziel to dress uh, in this last weekend's game. They and uh, uh, Mike Patton talked about how much progress uh, Johnny Manziel has made since last year, and how he's sort of a different guy. Yeah, I would just be. I'm in, in this case. I I always, I always err on the side of caution for both sides, yep. especially because we we don't know what happened. And I, I feel like too often people people just want to assume that you know that there's a that one side is the victim and the other side is 100 percent responsible. And I just I usually want to hold off until I get you know enough information, and not even to blame her because I I also let's just say you know what I said a few minutes ago about what what may have happened is entirely accurate. And maybe she was drunk and she, you know, threw the phone out and then she, you know, said things towards him uh, or said things to the cops to try to make, to try to get him in trouble. And then later, look, we are, we also all do stupid things when we're drunk. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I sort of understand her getting mad at him in that moment and then realizing like, uh, I was being stupid. I don't, I wouldn't, not even, wouldn't even be mad at her for that necessarily. I'm just also, I'm just saying like, don't yeah, just hold off before you you know jump in other people's shoes. Well done, Calvin. I think that's going to do you. it for us. Unless you have anything that's else it. you want to say to the people. <clears throat> uh, I'm good. 
Yeah, so next week it looks like we're going to talk NBA, right? A little NBA preview? Yeah, let's tease that a little bit. I mean, next week we'll yeah. we'll have a regular show. I don't know exactly what time it'll be yet. That'll be depending on if there's a softball game that night. I hope not. Um, but uh, I mean, I regardless, we will be eat. doing a full show on Tuesday. That That is opening night of the NBA season. That's October 27th, so don't forget that one. And I believe, Rory, that you also have you and I scheduled for the opening game of the regular season. Is that correct? That is... Not correct. Okay. Maybe I looked looked poorly then. Uh, You are scheduled for the opening game of the regular season, but I am not because I'm going to it with Nick Gelso. So I'm sure that you, uh, on the Celtics postgame show here on CLNS Radio, will be getting a call from one or both of us after that game. Uh, But your lead host that night, if I remember correctly, is Cal Lee. I will check that right now. Now, so we can just make sure everybody knows about it. Um, oh, my mistake. It will be Jeff Thomas that night leading the way with you, Sir Calvin, after the Celtics take on the 76ers. That's Wednesday, October 28th at 10 p.m. Uh, here on CLNS Radio. It's a different call-in number, but it's the same Celtics postgame show, uh, blog, blog Talk Radio uh, website as it always was. So go and check the check that out and Calvin and I will be doing that throughout the season. But, yeah, Calvin, you and Jess to start start the season off. Strong team. All right, sounds good. All right, and finally, uh, I will, would be remiss if I forgot to tell people for the second show in a row about Casper.com slash Celtics and the promo code Celtics because Casper, if you aren't aware, is a mattress revolution, basically. Uh they are an online retailer of premium mattresses, and you can get them for a fraction of the price. Everyone deserves a great night's sleep. We're cutting this show short because I need one tonight so badly. So I'm going to jump on my mattress here, and you can too if you go to casper.com Celtics and enter the promo code Celtics. That'll get you $50 off any mattress purchase. Uh, they are obsessively engineered, and like I said, a very fair price. They have latex, latex and memory foam combined. For better nights and brighter days, and it's a comfortable mattress that has just the right sink and bounce, head on over to casper.com slash Celtics. Again, the promo code that you're using tonight and always is Celtics. 500 for a twin, 950 for a king size. Compared to industry averages, that's outstanding. That really is. So get that extra 50 bucks by going to casper.com slash Celtics and entering that promo code Celtics. One more time, Casper with a C. That's C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash Celtics. The promo code is Celtics. Go Celtics, Calvin. Um, I'll talk to you on Tuesday when we preview the NBA. All right, sounds good, buddy. Good night, everybody. Good night. That means play the song. Here it goes. There it is. I made it!